I hope that uh, things that we'll be covering tonight will be a help to you. 1 Corinthians chapter number 10, we'll begin in verse number 11, and we'll read down to verse number 13. Now all these things happened unto them for in samples, and they are written for our admonition, upon whom the ends of the world are come. Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed, lest he fall. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. But God is faithful, who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but with the temptation also make a way to escape, that ye may be able to bear it. And uh, the title of tonight's lesson is Temptation Knocks Again. And uh, I want to just encourage you, uh, working with our teenagers and uh, in the fall season, we've been working through uh, a number of different curriculums, a number of dis- different lessons, uh, all kind of tailored on the same idea. And uh, our world is out to get our mind. It's out to get our mind. And uh, through social media, through advertising, through uh, all different kinds of things that make uh, just everything so accessible, easily accessible, uh, our, our world is targeting our mind of our young people. And uh, so we're trying to help them to uh, stay diligent, stay vigilant against the devil, against the world, against their own flesh. And uh, we're covering uh, on Sundays, we're talking through what's on your mind. But then on Fridays for our Friday night activities, we're going through a series called Victory, a seven-step process on how to overcome sin and see victory in your life. And so I say all that to say this, that some of the components of what we're talking with our teenagers I find to be equally applicable uh, to our adults. And so uh, I like to chew on things before I serve it, okay? And uh, only in preaching, not in anything else, okay? So don't get worried this evening, all right? But, uh, but let's pray and let's, uh, let's ask the Lord to be with us one more time and then we'll dive into these verses tonight. Lord, we do thank you for uh, this uh, passage of Scripture that you've given to us. And uh, Lord, you have recorded many examples that we can uh, glean off of and uh, learn from and apply to our own lives. And so Lord, I pray that we'll look at the examples tonight. We'll make it personal. We'll get beyond just the, pra- uh, beyond just the philosophical approach to this scripture, but we'll make it practical in our own lives and put it in practice in the days to come. And uh, Father, I just pray that you give me the right words to say. I pray that you'll... Uh, guide my lips. Lord, help me to say only the things you had me to say. Withhold anything from me uh, that uh, you'd have me not to say. And I pray that it'll be a help to these folks as this lesson has already been a help to myself. And uh, I pray that you be with us tonight. We ask your name. Amen. I don't know about you, but um, nothing annoys me more than scam callers. Have you had scam callers calling you even just today? Right? You're sitting there. And all of a sudden, an 800 number calls you, uh, and what do you do? You, you decline, you throw the phone, I don't know what you do. Put it on silent, uh, hope that they'll just go away. When I was growing up, my parents had a landline. That was kind of the only phone they had initially. And then uh, they moved from the landline, they still have it to this day, but then they both got cell phones. Both my parents got cell phones. And that became kind of their primary uh, means of contact. They, would, uh, they weren't texters, right? When the phone first came out, they weren't texting. They were calling everybody. Uh, but now they had their own cell phones. And my parents still kept that landline. 
And we get calls from family members and, and other things. And I was real young. And, uh, and so I'd pick up the phone and, and uh, be able to talk to them. But as the years went on, that primary phone, that, that uh, uh, landline in our house, went from being uh, a line where whenever somebody called, we looked forward to it. You kind of got that dopamine rush. Who, who's calling? Who's calling? To it became the spam call phone. And I went to my parents' house not too long ago, and I think it rang maybe ten times in a day. And you know how many times they answered that phone? Zero. Because they knew that phone became the spam call phone. And they never let up. They ne- my parents don't answer that. You call that number, they're not answering. You call their cell phone, sometimes they'll pick up. But uh, some of you, right, you'll look at your phone and you'll see that a phone number is from another state. Oh, this is a spam call, right? Uh, I have a Pennsylvania number, so some of you I've tried calling. You put me right in decline. Uh, and you say, I'm not answering no, no Pennsylvania number. Who is this, right? Uh, I know. I've had it, right? I, I know. Uh, <laughs> but you know what? Scam calls, they never leave us. You get that, uh, that person that's trying to sell you the extended warranty on your car, right? They're going to keep calling over and over and over. You try all different kinds of stuff. You try to get on that uh, what national list of, you know, do not call. Uh, I don't want these peddlers calling me anymore. You know what? These scam callers, as annoying as they are, in many senses, are just like temptations. Temptation will never leave you alone. It doesn't matter how old or how young, how wise, how simple. Temptation enters everybody's life. It comes in all shapes and sizes. Temptations like the little kids putting their hand in the cookie jar, right? Do I steal the cookie or do I not? Do I listen to mom and dad? Do I not? Uh, you know, the small temptations. But uh, there's also large temptations as well, right? Things that if you succumb to this temptation can have life-altering consequences like drugs or uh, some kind of lust or something that will absolutely destroy you, will get grips in you, will get hooks in you and become an eventual addiction. Temptations are twofold in nature though. Well, I may say the word temptation tonight, and you may have a negative connotation. In some sense, temptation can actually be a positive thing. You say, Pastor Andrew, how is that? How can temptations be a positive thing? Well, the way most of us uh, think about temptation, it's an enticement to sin, right? Uh, it comes in your path, and, and temptation is there. It's knocking on your door. It's saying, hey, 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 I want your attention. Hey, I want you to do this. Hey, you should go do this, participate in this. But temptation is an opportunity for you and I to be on trial for our uh, fidelity, our integrity, our virtue, and consistency. It's a way of us proving to God that we are sincere. It's a way in which not only uh, do we believe something, but our behavior echoes that belief. Behavior is the echo of belief. 1 Peter chapter 4, verse number 12, we, we find, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fire trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. And you might sound, uh, you might read that verse and, and just kind of think, oh, that's some old language. That's uh, just a, 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 
what, what kind of, what does this verse specifically mean? And, and many of us actually practice what this verse is saying. Some of you, uh, you, you face temptation in your life, and what happens is you immediately ask the question, why? Why, God? Why did you allow this? Really what this passage is talking about here is, hey, uh, it's not going to be a strange thing for you to face trials. It shouldn't be weird. Everybody is going to face trials at some point in their life. So don't think that you're the only one. I love what our passage of Scripture begins with it is um, in verse number 13. There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. There is nothing that you could face with temptation that somebody else hasn't faced. Look around you right now. Right now, there's somebody more than likely in this room that is struggling with a similar temptation you are. You're not alone. Don't think, oh, I'm, I'm isolated, I'm all by myself, I'm the only one that could possibly face this. And perhaps you have shame, you have embarrassment, and you think to yourself, I'm not going to share this with anybody. Can I tell you this this evening? That is, a, that is a tactic of Satan to get you away from God. Isolation, seclusion, thinking that you're all by yourself, thinking that uh, people aren't going to understand, people that, thinking people are going to judge you. Hey, is that not what happened uh, when Adam and Eve were in the garden? Satan did not come when Adam and Eve were together. He waited until Eve was alone. It's a tactic of Satan. What he wants to do is divide and separate the people of God, the people that should be helping one another, the people that should be exhorting one another, the people that God has ordained uh, to be together as a family, Satan wants to divide. And so if we are going to combat temptation tonight, if we are not going to cross the threshold into sin, but we are merely going to allow temptation as it will to stand at our doorstep and knock, how do we get temptation to go away? How do we say, I don't want to see you anymore. Goodbye. And it'll come back. It'll come back, just like a Jehovah's Witness. They'll come back, okay? But for a little bit, you can, you can push them away. You can tell them no. And so I want to give us just three points tonight that I hope will be a help on how we can combat temptation. The first one I want to say is look within. Look within. When I say this phrase, look within, some of you may assume that I, I'm thinking of looking within oneself. But we know that for, uh, as the Bible says in Romans chapter 7, verse number 18, for I know that in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. For to will is present with me, but how to perform that which is good I find not. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. So tonight's uh, lesson in the first point is not look within oneself, but rather look within God's Word. Be diligent to, main, de, to maintain dependence upon it. Second Corinthians chapter 3, verse number 5 says, Not that we are sufficient in ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God. If we are to first have uh, uh, an attitude of, of preventing sin from coming into our lives and causing us to sin, we need to look within God's Word. God's Word transcends any circumstance you or I will ever face. The Bible, fun fact, was written 
before you and I even came to in, into existence. We find that in, uh, in, in Psalm 119, verse number 89, Forever, O Lord, Thy Word is settled in heaven. God is the Alpha and the Omega. God even elevates His own Word above His name. In Psalm 138, verse number 2, I will worship thee toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth, for thou hast magnified thy word above thy name. Many of you know that the name of God Himself is a powerful thing. And God elevates His word even above that. So how much more powerful is God's Word? It's quick, it's powerful, it's sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. God's Word has the answers for every circumstance we could ever face. There's nothing that has or will ever catch God's Word off guard. You say, well, uh, this is a new thing. We, uh, people of yesteryear didn't have to worry about gender distinction. Oh, yes, it did. Oh, yes, it did. God's Word was very pointed. Male and female created He them. Hey, uh, 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 marijuana is kind of a new topic today. How do we face this? Well, the same way we face everything else. You'll find the answers. Now, you may not find the word marijuana in the Bible, but the Bible says that God has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness. Anything you need in your daily life, God has it. But we need to be searchers. We need to be looking for it. Not only is God's Word uh, transcending, but God Himself transcends uh, above all that we will ever face. His thoughts are not our thoughts, neither His ways our ways, saith the Lord. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts your thoughts. For as the rain cometh down uh, from uh, and the snow from heaven, and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth, and make it forth to, uh, to bud, that it may give seed to the sower, and bread to the hearer, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth, it shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I send it. We find in Psalm 119, verse number 9, Wherewithal shall the young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereto according to thy word. We find in the passage of Scripture we just looked at earlier, That in verse number 12, Wherefore, let him that thinketh he standeth take heed. What are we to take heed to? To the Word of God. Verse number 11 shows us that uh, God has penned all of the, the much of the history of Israel in the Old Testament for our examples. They are penned in there so we can look back and see they made mistakes. They were tempted. They were lured away. Uh, and and they, they made a lot of mistakes. I appreciate our studies on Sunday night with Pastor. and We're going through the life of David. And we know that David was a man after God's own heart, but we know that he made a lot of mistakes. 
And I don't know about you, but there are many things that, uh, that I can take very personally and I can say, hey, I want to be a giant slayer. I want to be uh, somebody that does great things for the Lord. But nonetheless, I'm, not, I'm no greater than David. And if David was able to fall, hey, listen, I can fall too. None of us are, uh, are, are better than that. So how practically do we make this uh, a point for us? If we're going to look within, we need to do as 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse number 15 says. It says, Study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. I love that first word in there. Study. It doesn't say read, it says study. I learned this the hard way in high school, okay? Just reading the textbook does me no good when the test comes. Studying the textbook gets me the answers. And you know what happens to you and I? We sit here on Sundays, and we hear, we go home and we say, that was good. That was practical. But it's personal. Every individual in here. Pastor can't fight your battles for you. Your parents can't fight your battles for you. Your spouse can't fight the battles for you. You have to fight your own battles. And so each and every one of you need to study for yourself. So let's make this even more practical. As I say the word temptation, there's probably one that jumps out more than any other one in your mind. Perhaps it's lust. Maybe it's greed. Maybe it's pride. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's laziness or some uh, way uh, 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 somewhere around there. Something jumps out at you. Maybe a specific thing that you struggle with. We find that in Hebrews chapter 12, there are sins which does so easily beset us. We have besetting sins, things that we fall prey to time and time again. So how do we combat this? We study to see what God's Word has to say. You see, when Satan comes knocking on your door, or temptation comes knocking on your door through the world, or through your own flesh, through uh, your own desires, you can't just say, hold on Satan, hold on flesh, hold on world, I need to get my Bible out. No, you've got to have these weapons on you now. You need to be prepared now. So, what does the psalmist say? He says uh, that uh, I will hide God's words in my heart that I might not sin against God. And he said, hey, uh, I need to memorize this. I need to get it in me so that when it comes knocking and says, hey, I want in, nope, I got my word. I got my sword. I'm ready to combat it. So take these practical lessons. Study, uh, study God's Word. Uh, maybe you need to find some kind of uh, topical uh, uh, breakdown of the Bible and, and get some verses that you're just carrying around you with flashcards and you're walking. Listen, some of us put more investment in our work than we do our spiritual life. If our boss says, hey, you need to have this by this date, you're going to get this, by this date. But God says, hey, I want you to have God's Word ready for when Satan's coming because He will be coming. He's absolutely... It's undeniable. He is going to be tempting you. And say, I'll get to it. And listen, my friend. We are in a war. 
We are not, uh, we look around us, it's not all sunshine, lollipops, and rainbows. We live in a sin-cursed world. We see the byproduct of sin. We pray. We have uh, our prayer bulletin. Uh, We see health needs. My friend, the reason there are health needs in the world today is because of sin. And so this evening, we need to take this uh, seriously. We need to dedicate time and maybe need to get with a spouse uh, this evening or tomorrow and say, hey, we need to take this seriously because, hey, we're struggling relationally. We're struggling uh, with our relationship with the Lord. We're, uh, we're, not, we're not combating Satan. We're allowing him run free and run all around the yard and, and uh, make sure that he's staying out of your Area we have uh, we we moved into our house at the beginning of this year and one of the first things that we realized we needed to take care of was our fence. Uh, we have one side of the fence that's that's good, we have another side of the fence that's not so good, and uh, it is I, I've had to go out there many times and push it back up because we get a bad wind or something like that and it leans a pretty good bit and uh, you can see clearly through the fence. Thankfully, it's it's enough for my dog to stay in the yard. That's all we need. But uh, cosmetically, it's not great. And my wife and I today, we were on our way to, to, uh, to church, and uh, we started talking about it. And uh, we know winter's coming. All right? We're already kind of feeling it a little bit. Now, it's a nice day today, but there's been some cold days already. And uh, Farmer's Almanac, it's going to be a snowy winter, okay? Uh, depending on how much faith you put in that. But uh, nonetheless, man, if you get one snowfall, that fence is going over. And then my dog can get out. Who knows what can get in? And so it's good we create fences. It's good that we have those parameters. And so uh, we need to take care of our own mind. And I said this in the beginning. This is what I'm harping with our teens is that we put a fence around our mind. And that fence ought to be the Word of God. Nothing goes in until it goes through the filter. Nothing goes in until it passes the test. We're not going to let these thoughts just uh, continually dwell in there. You know, Hosea stood before the people. Hosea in chapter 4, verse number 6, said, My people are destroyed for lack of weapons. No. My people are destroyed for lack of defenses. No. He said, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, I will also reject thee. And listen, you and I have something that David never had. The entire word of God. From Genesis to Revelation. It's not about us hearing it. It's about us attaining it. Having the knowledge to fight this battle. And so uh, I think that's interesting that God's people were destroyed for lack of knowledge. And if we don't study, we're not going to have the knowledge necessary to combat Satan. Next, not only are we to look within. Look within God's word. But I find here, look above. Look at what chapter 10, verse number 13 says in 1 Corinthians. Uh, There hath no temptation taken you, but such is common to men. But God is faithful. Who will not suffer you to be tempted above that ye are able, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape. I love that the very first thing, after we talk and establish about temptation... The Apostle Paul, as he's writing to this church, he says, God is faithful. Some of you, you have seasons of life where you're on a mountaintop. Some of you have seasons of life where you're in the valley. 
And it seems like that changes a lot. It changes constantly, right? You're driving down the road and everything seems to be going good and like Brother Andres, you get hit by a car. You went from the mountaintop to the valley real fast. Because our circumstances are what dictates how we feel, dictates how we feel, uh, gauge our success. But listen, God, it doesn't matter what cer- The worst thing could happen on this earth, God is still the same. He's still faithful. He's, nothing changes Him. He's in control of your circumstances. And listen, He says this, I have uh, thoughts of peace towards you, saith the Lord. Thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. God didn't put you on this earth, wind up the clock and just let it go. He wants to be personally involved with you. He wants to have a relationship with you. Uh, I was really uh, wrestling the last couple days on on talking about how God uh, has a relationship with us. He has uh, many different components uh, to a relationship. He has uh, a friend with friend, right? David was a friend of God. So God and us, we can be friends. But He's also our Father and we're His children. That's a different kind of a relationship, right? Uh, as a father would treat his son, as a mother would treat a daughter or, 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 or some kind of child, it's different than just a friend with friend kind of uh, idea. But there are many other ways in which God... Uh, communes with us in, in fellowship and in relationships. And that was not the message tonight, but my whole point is, listen, God desires a relationship with you. We don't come to church tonight out of religious duty. If you did, I'm sorry to let you down. We shouldn't be here for that, okay? We should be here because we desire to hear God's Word. God is in control. One story, as I was putting this together, that just came right into my mind was the story of Job, right? Because of this phrase, uh, God, uh, He is faithful, and He will not suffer you, that means uh, allow you to be tempted above that ye are able. And I think of the story of Job. And you go to the very first chapter, and just to kind of paraphrase and set the stage here, you can go back and read it, you'll find that, they, that, that Job was an upright man. Job was a righteous individual. He, uh, fun fact, Job is believed to be the oldest book of the Bible. Okay, So it was essentially kind of the first book uh, that has been given to the earth here. And, uh, and so Job is living his life, and all of a sudden Satan comes to God and he says, Hey, if you can say, uh, what's up with Job, right? Uh, he's serving you because uh, you've blessed him in so many mighty ways. And, you know, I bet if, if you just take away your protection just a little bit, and let me, let me touch him, let me, uh, let me harm him, and uh, I'm sure he's going to curse you. And, and God allows him not to allow Satan to touch him. Uh, later on, he does and affect his health, but he takes his possessions, and you read through the whole laundry list of how in just moments... Job's sitting there, the wealthiest man, and just like I said, he's on that mountaintop, and in just moments he becomes uh, in the valley. What a terrible thing. But Satan could not do a single thing to Job until God allowed it. 
And if we know God loves us enough to send His own Son to die for us, we know that He's not just going to turn us over to Satan willy-nilly and just allow us to, to just be tempted and, and, and fall into great sin and, and have Satan do all kinds of evil to us. He will only allow us to have, He will only allow us to be able to be tempted what we're able because he wants us to he wants us to have a part in this. He wants us to show who we really are. As I, as I began the, the message, I began with saying that temptation is not just us uh, having a, an enticement to sin, but rather it's a proving of us. Much like a coach stands on the sidelines and looks at the situation on the field and says, hey, this person is good for this situation. I'm going to put them in. I'm going to allow them to go through the difficulty of this game, the difficulty of uh, perhaps if they're playing football, the, the tackling and, and, and the, the, uh, the, the energy that they're going to have to put out on the field. I'm going to allow that for that person. And when some situation comes in that they don't think that player is going to be the best, listen, God removes them from that. And the coach removes them from that. Listen, my friend, God is not going to allow you to go through things that you don't have the recesses for. Uh, I loved, uh, I was looking up just this word, able, the last word. He will not tempt you above that ye are able. And that's a pretty big able, right? That, uh, that, how much does God think I'm able? Uh, what does that mean? Well, that word able means to have power uh, by virtue or one's own ability and resources or state of mind through favorable circumstances or by permission of the law or custom. And so I'll boil that all down to say this. How much of the power of God are you taking on your life to fight the battles? We find that the Bible says that without God we can do nothing. Okay? But He's given us natural abilities to do things. So there are heathens today in the world that are still able to function. They're still able to get on a train or get in a car or go to work, right? Okay, so we're not saying the Bible is, uh, is lying to us. He's given us the ability to work here on this earth. He's given us life. Ultimately, all of that has come from God. Okay? And so with that being said, uh, there are other elements to our Christian life that we cannot do. The spiritual warfare, we need to rely on God. When it comes to spiritual warfare, we need a spiritual weapon. And so make sure today that you are getting resources that will help you in your spiritual, emotional, uh, perhaps even physical uh, areas of life. I love that word resources. All of us have resources today. I talked about just a few moments ago how we like to seclude ourselves. We like to... We have hope stealers out there that like to take hope from us and say, "No, you're, it's not going to be okay. It's not going to be a good. It's not going to be okay." And that leads me to the final point here, which is look around. We've looked within. We've looked above. We see God is the constant. We see that He's faithful. We see that He loves us. We see that He is in control of these situations. But we look around because God resources us. What do you mean, Pastor Andrew? How does He resource us? Well, we've already talked about the Bible, but look around you right now. You brothers and sisters in Christ that are here, that God has ordained to be part of White Oak Baptist Church, your local New Testament church. And Ephesians chapter 4, verse number 11 says, And He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. 
Why does God allow this body of believers to assemble together with pastors and teachers and, and all these other individuals? For the perfecting of the saints. What does that word perfecting mean? Maturing. We're maturing constantly through what God has ordained, for what God has prescribed. The perfecting of the saints for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. What is edifying? Lifting us up. Some of us, many of us, we are at our lowest points when temptation is knocking persistently. That lust will not leave you alone. That greed is not leaving you alone. That laziness, that temptation for you to stay away from church and not go to the place that God wants you to go. Listen, every time you miss church, you miss an opportunity to hear God because He may have had something specifically designed for you to hear and attain. And so come on out. Look around you. Don't seclude yourself. As I mentioned just a moment ago, hey, Somebody else in this room is probably going through a similar situation than you are. And so you two can get together and with help through accountability and through just encouraging and edification, you can lift each other up and perhaps maybe you're reading and you're studying like we talked about, looking within and you come across something that revolutionizes how you see this difficulty or maybe some promise or truth that God has revealed in His Word and it helped you, hey, you can help others. You can find somebody else and, 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 and listen, we don't need to air out our dirty laundry today and, and, and show every sin or every temptation that, that, uh, that, uh, comes our way. But hey, listen, uh, we don't need to be, we don't need to be as scared as I think our world wants us to be, as much as Satan wants us to be. This ought to be a hospital. Not a, not a place for us to think that we are holier than now. Listen. We'd be naive to think that Pastor Andrew stands up here and doesn't sin. We'd be naive to think that anybody that walked in the doors tonight didn't struggle with some kind of sin, perhaps even today. We all have struggles and difficulties. Can I remind us there is only one that came to this earth and was completely holy, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. But some of us, in some churches, they walk in, I got it all. I got all the answers. I got it made. Listen, I, I was talking to our teens the other day, and uh, we had Brother C.J. in our class. And Brother C.J. is coming from a, a pastor's home and has studied at Bible college and has done a lot of different things. And, and I asked him, I said, Brother C.J., you've spent almost your whole life pretty much studying God's Word. How much do you think you've attained? You think you've, you've, you know it all now? And he said, these, these words, I said, he has said, I haven't even scratched the surface. And that's us. When we go to the depth of the Bible and we see all that there is, uh, we learn more about God and we look to see who He is and the relationship He desires to have with us. And we find that He has truth. John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through Thy truth. Thy Word is truth. We don't need to look to the Word as just a good opinion book. It has the answers. And so, tonight I hope that we'll leave here and we'll have this practice in mind. We'll look within God's Word. We'll look up, upward to God's Word. We'll look above. And then we'll look around. Because look what He, look what he says in verse number 13. 
Here's the resources here. But will, but will with the temptation also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. Fire within its boundaries is an okay thing. Word to God's Word. My wife and I, we have uh, a fireplace in our backyard. And uh, every time we want to go out there, it rains. And so we're not able to, to get out there. But one of these days, we're going to get out and have one of those fall bonfires. How many of you like those? Pull out the marshmallows. It's a little chilly, but not too much. You just get real close to the fire and enjoy that. And I remember one time, one time uh, my uh, my brother-in-law and sister-in-law came into town and uh and I just wanted to make sure we had the best fire out there. It was, it was a little cold. Uh, I think it was probably in like July, right? July 4th. We had a really cold spell at night, and uh, we wanted a good fire. And so uh, I pulled out the gasoline. Amen? Pull out the gasoline. We're not playing around here, okay? And, uh, and I, I pour some gasoline, not a whole lot, but, you know, enough to get the job done. And, uh, and so uh, I take a paper towel and... I light the end of it, and I'm just going to chuck it in. Try to be safe, okay? We're not, we're, it, we're maybe pyromaniacs. We're safe pyromaniacs. And, uh, and I chuck it in there, and it just falls just shy. I mean, just inches away from where the gas is. And, uh, and my sister-in-law, she starts putting her hand in there, and she has no idea. And I'm like, you need to be careful. You need to be careful. My, my brother-in-law, she's, he's like... I don't think you should be putting your hand in there. I don't think you should be putting your hand in there. And all of a sudden, she touched it just a little bit, and the thing goes, whoosh! And she pulls out real fast, and, and is just shocked. I had no idea. And we're standing there like, we try to tell you. It's a dangerous thing. Listen, this is what I stand before here, uh, before you here saying, temptation is a dangerous thing. Temptation has the potential to turn into sin and wreck your life. It doesn't matter how great, how small, as I mentioned before, temptation can set in and you can succumb to that and you will fall. You will have issues in your life. And so the reason I I use that illustration today is, listen, fire within its boundaries is not a bad thing. Being tempted is not a sin per se. When you succumb to that sin, then you enter into sin. And this is what happens is temptation is like the fire that is within the pit. And, and uh, all of a sudden, uh, we, we maybe dabble with it a little bit. And, and then all of a sudden, it blows up in our face and we had no idea how the consequences were going to be. But imagine that in a setting like this. And imagine there's a fire in the middle of the building, not a place where fire should be. Amen? And, uh, and, and, and all of a sudden, that happens. And what happens when... when when you experience that, when you start to see signs of, of a fire, smoke, and things like that, you say, I wonder where that's coming from. Let me go towards it. No. All of us look right there, and right there, and right there in the back. we got signs that are dedicated to tell us, hey, get out of here. There's an emergency. we got sirens going off. Oh, I wonder if somebody's birthday. No. We hear the sirens and we think, we need to get out of here. There's danger. And this is what happens with our sin. Is when temptation comes knocking on our door. You need to run! Run! Find the exit! Find the escape route! Where has God prescribed for me to go? I think of Joseph. Right? You have Potiphar's wife. Who's there? She's uh, trying to lure him in. She's trying to tempt him. 
And Joseph took this very literally. He said, I'm getting out of here. I don't care if I lose my coat. I'm getting out of here because it's not worth it. The consequence for this is it's terrible. I could sin against God. I could tarnish my name. I'm getting out of here. He escaped. And some of us need to take that literally. Some of you know exactly when you fall into temptation the most. When you're alone, at night, at work, with certain friends. When you find yourself in that situation, all of a sudden, temptation's getting its hand up to knock on your door. You get out of there! Find the back door! Hide! Do whatever it takes to get out of the way. So look within God's Word. Look above to God. Look around. Find the escape. Find the resources. Find church family that will rally together and help us to get away from temptation when temptation knocks again. Let's pray. Lord, we do thank You for this evening and thank You for these truths we've heard tonight. Father, I've tried to be very practical. Uh, I've tried to stay uh, in line with Your text and with what You'd have for us. And Lord, we know that Your Word is ultimately the one that has the power. But Lord, I pray that we'll take these techniques and when temptation comes, may we look within Your Word quickly. May we be prepared for when it comes. Not just wait for it to come, but be prepared. Preventative maintenance. And then, Lord, may we look to You and not ask questions of why, but take it on as a challenge, as a, as a way in which we can prove our, our loyalty to You, prove our relationship with You, prove what we believe and back it up with behavior. And then, Lord, look around us. When we get into difficulties, may we not uh, try to hide and, and scurry away from church family, but, Lord, help, help this church to have a mind that is accepting for folks that need help. May we be a church that is not quick to judge, but quick to help. May we be folks that don't think uh, the negative and try to seclude ourselves. And Father, tonight I pray that You'll make these escape routes clear. Clearly mark them in our life. Help us to have a strategic plan as we leave here tonight and not, go, uh, not, uh, not stray away from uh, the principles that we've heard tonight. Uh, Father, a basic message, but I pray that we'll make it uh, very practical to us tonight. Keep us safe as we travel home. And we ask Your name. Amen.